I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. This is the fourth and final episode in my pregnancy mini-series and it's all about postpartum. My guest is parenting and baby expert Claire Thompson who goes by the Instagram handle The Newborn Nanny. I have four children, so I have four children in five years. Wow. And with the first one, I'll never forget my cousin come over, coming over who just had a baby. And I had, I was probably a week postpartum. And I looked at her and said, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you tell me the yeah. nitty gritty details? Because I think it was just so unsaid. No one spoke about it. And I wasn't prepared for it, even though I knew so much about it, like myself helping mothers. But I didn't see the real behind the scenes. Claire lives in Wicklow with her husband, Ben, and their four kids. And in this conversation, we delve into the often unspoken world of postpartum. She takes us from the moment your baby is born to those hours, days, weeks and months that follow. And she gives tons of practical advice that I really think will help you navigate those early days. Here it is. So this is all about the fourth trimester. This is the moment when your baby is born and beyond. And it is a life-changing time in a woman's life, particularly, you know, for for those who are becoming a mother for the first time. And we don't hear enough about it, in my opinion. So I'm delighted that we're doing this because I think this is going to be really valuable information for those listening. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to the, 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 as I call it, the fourth trimester, um, it's all about, you know, the first three months for mum as well as baby. The focus is always on baby mm-hmm. and what, you know, we talk about antenatal classes and what happens with baby and even during labour. But then, you know, are we really prepared for what happens after for us? 
possibly not. So I think to I have wasn't. that focus. Yeah, I think mm. it's important to have these conversations about postpartum. Um, I think it gives a good confidence you know it really empowers women to know what's coming for themselves um, and not feel kind of isolated thinking oh my god am I the only person going through this so it's important to have these conversations for sure you've hit the nail on the head because I think if that was one word I would use to describe what I would love these episodes to be is empowering because I think information is power Mm -hmm, and for me first time round I was just hungry for knowledge um, and it, it's, it stood to me. But the one part I didn't maybe do enough research into was what we we're going to talk about now, which is which is when when you have your baby. Um, before we get into it, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have always had a huge interest in babies and I was that cousin that looked after all the little baby cousins. That was me. And it was no shock or surprise to my family and friends that I went into childcare. I got a degree in childcare and worked with so many families. I was even in my 20s, I was a nanny to four boys and it didn't even bother me. Not a, You know, it was just part of who I was, I suppose. Um, but one aspect I loved was newborn care and I went and trained in postpartum care so to do with like non-medical maternity nursing so to work with families and mothers just after having a baby and really seeing the realistic side of it where you know newborns are there mum's tired I'm helping them with nutrition and Honestly, after I worked there, I thought I knew everything about it. So before I had my own children, I was quite confident that I knew exactly what was coming up. Um, I was shocked. Yeah. I did not know the reality. And I think that's really important to to be aware of that. When I first had, I have four children. So I have four children in five years. Wow. And with the first one, I'll never forget my cousin coming over who just had a baby. And I had, I was probably a week postpartum and I looked at her and said, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you tell me the nitty gritty details? Because I think it was just so unsaid. No one spoke about it. And I wasn't prepared for it, even though I knew so much about it, like myself helping mothers. But I didn't see the real behind the scenes things that are happening. So I think that's what kind of really pushed me to go and give this information out. So I run the Newborn Annie on Instagram and it's all about telling parents and mums to be, you know, what is coming up and the realistic side of it, to be honest, you know. Oh, good on you. And I think it's you're really doing a, a great service because we need it. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely. Your delivery is very calm and practical, which I think is is what is needed. And as you said, realistic. And the name of the, po- the podcast is Ready to Be Real. So yeah. this is what we're all about. Okay, so for me, when I think back to those first few minutes mm-hmm. and hours after having a baby, I will never forget trying to go to the toilet for the first time after giving yes. birth. Yes, the physical side of things, um, I think it's definitely not spoken about. No. And, you know, it is, it's when they hand you the little brown thing that you have to go urinate in and you're going, oh my God, I haven't even thought about this yet. And if you had stitches, which is, you know, it's a common occurrence, um, all of a sudden you have the fear of God going, how am I going to do this? It's not a scary as it has to be like this. If you have this information before having a baby, you feel, okay, I know what to do in this situation. My advice for sure is to bring a little jug in. This is genius. Isn't it? It's the simplest thing. I didn't have this, you see. You know, I got given it in hospital on my second child. And I was like, why aren't they not giving these out to every single mother, you know, in every hospital? And it's just this little plastic jug. And when you're about to urinate for the first time and you're worrying about stinging or anything like that, you put some warm water in it from the tap and literally pour as you go. And I mean, every sting gone. So simple and just so so effective, effective, right? 
Yeah, because um, I didn't have that mm-hmm. and it hurt like hell. Yes. And it can, <laughs> the thing about it is it can do for a couple of days, yeah. you know, especially yeah. if there's stitches there. And But then I did use a bottle of water myself. Yes. I don't know. Or a peri bottle, it's called as well. Okay. But I think of spraying that as, you know, might as well just have a jug just to pour it down. So much easier. Really good. So you pop that into your hospital bag. I have that in the hospital bag with me, yeah, okay. just in case. Yeah. And where would you get them? Anywhere. Which, anywhere. Yeah, They're really cheap. I'd say even from the pound shop. They're, it's a tiny little cheap plastic um, okay. jug, but you could always add ask your hospital too because they obviously had them in Wexford Hospital where I was so and giving them out too and then when it comes to that as well your first bell movement that's something that mm. can be quite scary too because yeah. you just don't want to be pushing in you that don't area want to be pushing in it's that sore. area it's been true a lot yeah. um yeah so my advice would have a clean pad on hand and just put if you do have stitches to put your the pad against it so it doesn't feel like you're pushing or it's going to burst stitches it won't burst a stitch but very good previous to that maybe a lot of water making sure you're you know really uh, hydrated is important um a lot of fiber in the diet too if you think about it when you're in hospital even though we love that white toast it's white toast it's quite mm, starchy mm. so just to make sure that you are having you know a lot of water to to flush out the system as well um while you're in there too and when you're home especially. so it might be a good idea to bring in some i don't know you know there are obviously certain foods that are fortified with fiber or supplements Absolutely. that you can or take even like that might help. my husband was all about the prunes he's like here you have the prunes now i'm not a good dried prune person but i ate them for that reason i was like i'll, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes mm, you know mm. um and i actually got there also over the counter like that a constipation happens through pregnancy too especially as baby gets bigger and yeah so um there was fiber gel which is quite natural just to take a little sachet just before going into labor too okay, but it also helped good. me postpartum yeah okay brilliant and we'll have a full list of any products or you know any tips that you have in the show notes for people to review as well um because one thing i didn't do was drink enough water in the Mm -hmm. beginning because i i kind of in my in my head foolishly i kind of thought well if i don't drink water then i don't have to be that well that's it yeah but actually you need to be drinking the water so that when you do go to the loo that it's 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 not as condensed, so it's not Correct. as sore, isn't it? It's that not it? as sore. That's it. It yeah. really just flushes out the system. So lurry it into you. That's it. And bring your own drink bottle with a little, you know, uh, straw on top. So it's you're not you don't have to go keep refilling. A massive big bottle there that you can just chug away with um, through pregnancy or sorry, during the labor. And then obviously during afterwards is really, really important too. Um, one thing as well that I wasn't prepared for was the bleeding. So, yeah, yeah. you know, people tell you, obviously you bleed, but for not such a long period of time and to have that preparation at home too is really important to have your pads there so just just as as it's important for baby to have nappies at home it's important for you to be prepared for yourself too to have the pads to have a little postpartum drawer next to the toilet um, and stock it up before you go in to have the baby and so you're really prepared for the bleeding because it can last from four to eight weeks and okay and it is it's different for obviously for every woman absolutely different for everyone um but myself I was always on the latter side I was always at eight weeks which I was you know my friend like oh only two weeks so it really is it's yeah it changes for everyone absolutely yes and another thing as well we can talk about would be like hair loss I think it hits you at around four months postpartum. So just when you think you're over the curve of, you know, another physical side of it, um, some people do lose the hair as well. And, and a lot. A lot, lot of hair, yeah. like clumps. I remember standing in the shower taking clumps out of my hair, which, yeah. you know, it's it's not pleasant to look at and to feel like that. And you're tying your hair up all the time because you're dealing with a small baby. So sure. it does, you know, take its toll on the body for quite a long time. And I mean, I know we've jumped kind of forward, but it does bring up the whole, you know, having to come to terms with your body after 
Absolutely. you give birth and how radically changed it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a huge period of adjustment, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and all of that that goes with it, like the losing of the hair, it doesn't happen to every woman, but a majority and some mm-hmm. happens to more and it's more obvious depending on their own hair type. But looking in the mirror and having to, to accept this big change that's happened because often we, we, you know, when we're pregnant, we like to rub our tummies and, mm-hmm. and you know, because we're the best part. It's the, the best, best part. part. <laughs> and you're connecting to baby and you're feeling really proud of what your body is mm-hmm. doing. Like uh, you don't see many women after giving birth, rubbing their tummies Absolutely with love. Absolutely not. And I think, you know, when you do look in the mirror, especially just after you have your baby, you don't think that your body is it's not going to just bounce back the way you sometimes see on Instagram people just all of a sudden like they never had a baby in there it normally looks like you're still around six months pregnant yeah, after yeah. the baby Absolutely. comes out um, now that's you'll see that reduce your, your tummy does a lot of contracting over the next couple of weeks um, and it does reduce down but you know my children when I come home with a, a baby in my arms they're always still going well is the baby still in there mommy because there is a you know a still bump there yeah um you, I'd say pack your maternity leggings to bring home and you, you won't be jumping into your size eight jeans, you know, to mentally be prepared for that, that your yeah. body will take time to, to change and to get back to a new, a new type of, of body rather than ba- bouncing back. Your hips might be wider, yeah. you know, um, if you're breastfeeding, they're, they're going to get bigger as well. Stretch marks happen. And it's just to accept that and be, be happy that and take, think about, okay, but my body just birthed a baby. You know, my body gave birth to this baby yeah. or is feeding a baby. You know, we have to be kinder to ourselves, really, postpartum, for sure. Mm. It's lovely. And I think it's important that you said that. I think it's important for for women to hear these words, whether you're listening to this after having your baby, mm-hmm. you might have the headphones on, you might be feeding your baby right now and listening to these words. But it's important to be told and to just go easy and and recognize you have done something life changing because I actually feel like I completely rewired as a person when my son was born. Mm. I completely changed. It was like something just, I don't know if it's magical or biological or a combination of all those things. But I definitely think like it was a massive shift in in me. Yeah. In every way. It does. But there's there's something to be like mindful of also. But if you are feeling changes in your body and it just doesn't feel right. You know, sometimes it's a taboo subject to talk about if you leak after having a baby, like if all of a sudden you have a very weak bladder or weak bowel and we don't talk about it enough. We hide it under, sweep it under the rug and say like, oh, it's just part of postpartum. It's not, you know, I think it's important that if this alarm bell's gone off in your head and something doesn't feel right, that you go get it checked. And it's not just go to your doctor after six weeks, because what normally happens at six weeks, they do do a lot of focus on baby. And obviously to do a little mental check with you to make sure you're feeling okay. But sometimes it's after sometimes you're you know you want to go back into working out and it just doesn't feel your body doesn't feel the way it should there are places to go like that there's a a woman's health physio check which is important um and they go through everything if you suffer with prolapse if you have bladder issues um abdominal um separation all those things can be checked and it's important we do take care of ourselves at the end of the day you know we want a healthy mum as well as healthy baby going through this. Brilliant, brilliant advice. And I think, again, you know, it's not just in the period after you have a baby, but it's into your old age, like looking after 
your pelvic floor and, and, and that part of your body is so important so that you don't have... Mm-hmm. You know, issues more going issues on. going Absolutely. on. And if there are, you know, you can get them resolved that's and sorted. It. It, it doesn't need to be like, oh, it will sort itself out because that's not always the case. You, you, Your health is your wealth at the end of the day. And you're looking after a baby as well or babies. You need to take care of yourself physically. It is very important to take care of yourself. I've really noticed the difference this time around. Four years after I was, I was, you know, last pregnant with my, with my boy, um, that my pelvic floor is definitely weaker. Mm-hmm. It's been quite humbling. I didn't have that first time where I just I've noticed that if I don't go to the loo when I need to go to the loo mm-hmm. and if I was to cough or sneeze or laugh, you know, there yeah. I might be um unpleasantly surprised. Let's just say. There you go. So I I have I've kind of got a note to self do the bloody exercises again. Absolutely. And you know what? I thought I knew I I was in the exercises, right? I just, you know, I've had four children. Recently, um, I spoke to the mum, Jim, and we were talking about it and she she actually walked me through to do a pelvic floor and I realised I wasn't doing it right the entire time. So it shows you that to get the right information on how to do it and how when you inhale, you extend your tummy and then you lift up as you exhale. That's so important to get it right that you're not kind of just doing little bits and bobs of it and not actually getting what you should be doing um, to, to really improve the pelvic floor. Brilliant. Can you, if you can remember, I mean, you've just explained it there anyway, brilliantly, but say to go through a breath for somebody listening, what the correct way of doing. So you're inhaling and you're... You're extending out your belly. So you're inhaling and pushing the belly out. Like a balloon. Like a balloon. Yeah. And then when you in you exhale, you tighten up the pelvic floor and push the air out. So it's, it's very yeah. strange. Even when I was being t- talked through it, I found it really hard to get... The, the movement right until I practiced it a couple of times by myself. Um, so, yeah, to, to take the time and get the right information. And it's not just important to do it when you're pregnant and after you've had your baby. But for women, it's important for us to do it all the time. And basically what I have, <laughs> what I've learned is I let it slide. I yes. let it slide. And, uh, and, and, you know, I remember it being described brilliantly to me once, like um, your pelvic floor muscles are like an umbrella, mm-hmm. an upturned umbrella that's filled with water, like say, imagine it was raining and the, the, but the, some of the spindles are kind of weakened, especially when you've had a baby or you're pregnant. Um, and if you don't strengthen it, what happens? It spills over. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really good way of explaining it. Um, and, and, and I had, I was very fortunate that I had an uncomplicated birth with my son, but nonetheless, nonetheless, here I am. Mm-hmm. So um, it's important. And as you said, there are so many different um, experiences along the line of what your childbirth is, whether you've had stitches or an episiotomy or whatever. Or a section, yeah. Or a section. Yeah. And you will need maybe some assistance with mm-hmm. that. And there's no shame in it. And there's no embarrassment. And it is no. completely normal. Mm-hmm. And we need to get better at talking about these things. OK, let's talk about hormones. Yes. Hormones, the the pregnancy hormones don't go away like we expect them to. Um, straight after having a baby, you know, there's a lot of changes happening in your body as well as physically. And normally by day two, day, day three, we get what's called the baby blues. Baby blues, I find, can be both high highs or low lows. And, you know, we always expect them to be crying and, and for any drop of a pin, you're crying for no reason. But actually, I found with two of my children, it was complete opposite. It was complete 
um, joy, over joy. I was crying joy, joyful tears. Yeah. So it can hit you either way. Interesting. Euphoria. Euph- that's exactly what it was. And just every time I looked at my baby, I'd be like, oh, they're just so pretty. You know, it was yeah. just unbelievable. Um, and obviously that's a nicer way to, to go through the baby blues, I suppose, to, to be so happy. Um, but we need to be careful and be mindful when this continues for a long period of time. So we're talking about postnatal depression. It's a mm. big subject that we need to talk about. Yeah, I think we try to hide it from partners. We try to hide it from friends and family too. But the most important thing is that we talk. We need to talk to our partner of how we feel. You know, we need to talk to a friend or your mother or whoever's around, you know, someone that's gone through it before because it's conversations that need to happen. Yeah, they do. They do. And unfortunately, we're all aware of stories, horrific stories in the news Mm -hmm. where women who perhaps didn't realize or didn't realize it was a serious and then it leads to devastating consequences and that's in the extreme but nonetheless that's the reality of how serious mm-hmm. a condition it is correct and, and, and even when it comes to your the, your mental health like i i put, take my hat off to everyone who's gone through recently going through covid and being pregnant like it's just been so tough for you guys i i I can't even imagine going through pregnancy, going into the antenatal classes. But then, you know, it's you're not getting the same opportunity to to talk to people, to to talk to midwives, to to be around other people, your friends through your pregnancy. It's going to take its toll on your mental health for sure. So this plus postnatal hormones, Mm. you know, it can really it can really mess with you with your mind. And it's so important we take care of that now after having a baby. Yeah. Um, because I suppose sometimes would you even realize it yourself? Like, is it is it is it a case of maybe those around you really need to be watching out for any little telltale signs? Because I know that when the public health nurse came to the house, I th- she was very good at actually talking to my partner and asking, yes, they how is do. she doing? Because what happens is when they ask us the question, we, we, typical, oh yeah, no, we're fine. We're grand, 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 grand yeah. we're fine. Yeah. Um, and I think it maybe it's just this proud, this pride that you don't want to show that you're mm. a bad mother or mm. I can't cope with this situation. So we do, we lie and we say, oh, we're, we're grand, we're fine. Um, while the partner may not be so, you know, he'll, he'll want to tell the truth or she'll want to tell the truth about what is happening with you um, and it's important because it's not only going to affect you it's going to affect your whole family di- dynamic as well as the baby too yeah. we want to make sure that mum has a good bond with baby and p- postpartum or postnatal depression can affect that it can affect the relationship you have with your family um, so it needs to be definitely looked into if there if there was any kind of indication that something isn't right there mm. um, I find I find personally fresh air like sometimes when I'm in the house, if you feel that the weight of the world's on your shoulders, sometimes you just need to get out of the house. And even if it takes you two hours to load up the kids or the buggy, just to get out and have a breath of fresh air and, you know, get out of the, the prison sometimes, which are the, the walls of your house. Yes. I mean, I even had it the last day where I am not an anxious person, but this, this is slightly different for me in this pregnancy. I'm 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 feeling a little a little anxious mm-hmm. uh, now in the last few weeks, um, just because I'm noticing it because it's not in my nature yeah. to be like this, yeah. and uh, I sometimes feel a bit overwhelmed or borderline overwhelmed about the stuff that mm-hmm. I have to do and 
and I, I sometimes leads to me being a little teary or a bit irritable and I went out the back and I just slipped off the shoes and stood on the grass that for me works you yes, know and grinding. I just stood there yeah. for a while and I just as you said took a few deep breaths I was out of the house, even though I wasn't actually physically away from it. I was looking at the house. <laughs> I, I just felt better. And mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's so simple things that little kind of snap you out of your mood and allow you, as you just said there, it mm-hmm. is a grounding exercise. It allows you to kind of just land to into be. your body and to be. And uh, and it's important to do that. It's really important. Um, and, and the thing about it is as well, you know, it's not just the first time mum feeling like this. As you said, like you have your son and you're pregnant again. I find it triggers more so when you do have more children at home. You find it a bit more overwhelming because before, if you're pregnant with your first, your focus is on that one child. All of a sudden now it could be, oh, how am I going to handle? It's always the how am I going to handle two or three or four? So that's where that anxiety comes in. It's something that's once again unknown to you and you're trying to juggle you're trying to figure out how is this all going to play you know how's yeah. it all going to lead out yeah. and it always works out and you can do it absolutely 100% you can do it it's just it's always the doubts that's part of the hormones as well yeah just back to what you were saying there about your own feelings about the the baby blues it's it's interesting I, I hadn't heard that before um, and I love to hear that because I think I was quite similar to you I'll never forget coming back from the hospital coming home from the hospital and uh, going up to our little boy's room and my partner had added some extra bits in while I was away. And <laughs> what got what got to me was the light shade. It was like a cute little nursery light shade. But I thought it was so lovely and so cute that I fell against the wall oh. crying. But I was <laughs> silent crying. It was like this weird, silent, <laughs> like, I don't know what it was, but it was, and the tears streaming down my face. Damien walks in going, are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, no, it's just so lovely. <laughs> Happy tears. Just hap- like yeah. absolute euphoria. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm the luckiest person in the world, you know? <gasps> um, so the, the, they, they were the tears for me as well. It was, it was feeling this overwhelming sense of gratitude and almost not being able to deal with it, looking at my little boy and just bursting into tears because I just yeah. felt so lucky. Yeah. <gasps> But then, as you said, you know, you're, you're, it's it's the hormones and everything. And then I suppose later on, it's when because I remember going in for the six week check as well. And my consultant was asking me, how are you? And I was like, I was still kind of in that. Everything's great. Oh, and she was like, OK, watch out for that. Because mm. when the adrenaline wears off. Yes. You and know, tiredness kicks and in. And tiredness kicks in. Mm-hmm. You may be feeling a little bit different. I, I always find when my partner, when my husband has to go to work, that's that is my low moment. It's always the night before and he's had his paternity leave and he's getting ready to go. And I look at him and go, I can't do this by myself. And he's like, of course you can. It's just it's that low point. Yeah. The hormones just rush, take over. And all of a sudden I am Michelle on the ground. I'm crying my eyes out. Now, when my husband goes to work the next day, he always leaves me a little present and, and a little note. And when he walks out the door, I close the door, I get on with it and it's absolutely fine. And actually, I find I get more into a rhythm when he goes, but it's always the initial before he leaves. That's where I get really overwhelmed. It's just that that triggers me um, to and with each child I've had, you know, with the four, I was like, I don't have enough arms for this. Well, yeah, you four. Come on. Yeah. You are busy. (laughs) That is true. And like, I think, you know, society now has changed so much where 
you know, a lot of women feel very irritated when, when people say sleep when the baby sleeps. And mm-hmm. that's all well and good if you have other people around yes, to look after. if you're a maternity nurse like I am for parents going in and, yeah. you know, taking over the night shift. But it's much easier said than done. And especially if you have more than one child, you cannot sleep when you have a toddler running around yeah. when your baby is sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's just, you need to rest. And when I say rest, I mean, make yourself a cup of tea, sit down and maybe play trains with your toddler in a nice, calm way. That's your rest yeah, yeah. <laughs> compared to, you know, lying in bed with your first baby. It's completely different. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned rightly so. We need to we need to talk about the fact that the landscape is so changed now due to the pandemic. And, um, you know, people aren't having as many visitors as they normally would. And perhaps it's a good thing in a way. I wasn't a mad fan of a lot of visitors mm-hmm. in the early days. Yeah. I'll be totally honest. Yeah. Because I was trying to get to, get to grips with breastfeeding and all the changes and I, I didn't really want an audience. Um, now, I love people coming and delivering food and becking <laughs> off. That was We're amazing. a bit of cleaning. That's fantastic. <laughs> cleaning, food deliveries, all good. Uh, but hanging about, maybe not so much in the beginning. I know it probably doesn't make me sound great, but I think it is a good bit of advice for first time um, mothers and parents is to limit the amount of visitors yes. and the good thing I suppose that's a, a bizarre kind of a positive with COVID mm-hmm. is we're not having as many visitors in mm-hmm. the beginning culturally things are so different now as in you know, like back in the day when you, you, you look at like you know kind of you know the way we were and the way we lived there was a lot more support in a community yes. around a woman when she had a baby um, whereas now it's kind of expected to just get on with it and as you said like your partner went back to work and you're kind of left then mm-hmm. really just to, to do it yourself it, yeah. mm. and, and that is an extra challenge that I suppose women have to contend with and it isn't easy and it needs to be recognised that it's you're going through a huge period of change, especially if you've had a difficult birth experience. You're expected to just kind of get on with it. And yep. That's it. In any other situation, you would take to the bed and you would recover and recuperate. Mm-hmm. But not when it comes to childbirth. No. And then, you know, you're you're looking after small children too. You're looking after a small baby and, you know, touch wood that babies are all happy and healthy. But that's not always the case. Sometimes they have a bit of colic or they have a bit of reflux and it's even tougher on yeah. mum, you know. So like that, rest when you can, but otherwise you take any help that you can get. So if you have someone coming over, they don't have to hold the baby. They can maybe empty out, you know, do the dishes or do something yeah, that's exactly. helpful in the house. Take your toddler out and bring them for a walk. That's what I found the most helpful when I had a baby with other children there. Like if my parents came over, they'd take the children to the playground just to give you, even you and baby, and actually let you rest when baby's sleeping or feed in peace. Something so small can really help a mother with multiple children. Yeah. So in terms of having the baby itself, obviously, majority of women will have their babies in hospitals. Some will opt for a home birth experience. Mm-hmm. But however your baby is born, whether it's a vaginal delivery or whether it's a C-section, um, you know, you are a mother. Now. Yes. This is the gig. That's your role. Yep. Yeah. And um, sleep is one of these elusive uh you know qualities yes. after after you have the baby it's hard enough to sleep when you're pregnant but it becomes a whole you. it other, prepares you right? yeah it is it's prepping you it pre- pregnancy especially <laughs> at the very very end your last trimester where you're up a lot to go to toilet or you just can't seem to get settled and you seem to be up half the night it's preparing you for what's the next couple of weeks to come you know and it, it, it does get better absolutely gets better and you will be able to rest but 
Yeah, there's when you're in it. When you're in it, it's hardcore. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough going. Absolutely. It is. It is. And it does feel never ending sometimes when you're in that. Oh, Bubble. God, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm asleep for five seconds and I'm awake again. <laughs> uh, any tips on how to manage that? Or is it a just case of you got to go with it? You got to lean into it and go with the flow because every baby is different, I suppose, and they feed differently and sleep differently. That's the thing. It's, it's always down to the family and the dynamics of the family. If you have a good toddler sleeping and you have a baby sleeping next to you and a lot of the time I go into clients' houses, maybe that's not the case, but, you know, some parents are very much like, oh, our baby's a great sleeper, so we're getting loads of sleep. You walk into another house and completely different where baby is breastfeeding and it's going through a bit of a cluster feed and they're feeding every half an hour on mum and she's just completely exhausted. So it really is just trying your best to take that postpartum period as kind of a free for all. There doesn't need to be structure in it here. You know, you need to do what your body is telling you to do. First of all, if you need to rest or you need to take it easy or maybe not push yourself. I think we're inclined to push ourselves just after we have baby to show off our baby, to go out, to bring our toddlers for walks. Um, And I definitely find myself, that's where my mum guilt comes from. My mum guilt would be, I'm not doing what I was doing previously before, like when I was pregnant, I'm not doing the same things with my toddler or my child that I was doing, you know, now a baby. Right. I don't have the energy to do it. Mm, So to be good to yourself and say, hold on, you know, I'm trying to keep how many babies alive here. You know, I'm trying to keep myself going and I'm trying to keep everyone strong, get food on the table. It's okay to not push yourself and take that break when you need it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yes. I definitely went through a massive period of of guilt. I know we're going to get to it as well in the whole feeding your baby and the Mm -hmm. choices available and the choices you decide or perhaps you don't decide on, but it just happens that way. Um, And in my situation, I had an idea that I wanted to breastfeed for up to six months. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. And that was tough for me to... Uh, make peace with uh, because I felt a huge amount of guilt Mm -hmm. and um, 
you know, it was it was really challenging. It 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 it, it really deeply upset me. And mm. when I got over it and was actually nice to myself, I realized I I'd, I'd given myself an awful hard time. And yeah. I I hope and pray and I don't think knowing what I've know now that I'll do that again. Um, if it works or if it doesn't work, regardless of what happens, mm-hmm. I'm going to be OK with it because I think I just I beat myself up and I I, uh, I made a, a difficult situation 20 times worse um, by by struggling with it rather than accepting that maybe maybe it's not a path for everyone. And I suppose this is one of these topics I have learned through talking about stuff on Instagram that there are certain almost no-go areas. Mm-hmm. Taboo, <laughs> do not touch areas. But yeah. in fairness, I... Breastfeeding is one of these. Absolutely. I I touch off it way too much. I think I suppose with my... That's what my job is. I'm a postnatal care. But I tell everyone that I meet or even through Instagram, I am pro-choice. I'm always pro-choice. Great. Whatever works for mum, works for baby. If it makes mum happy, it makes baby happy. You know, um, I think fed is best. And I support mums in all areas. I've done breastfeeding. I've showed a proper latch. I have done combi fed with parents. I've done formula fed, whatever works for them, for sure. And this is the whole guilt. Absolutely. There's a lot of pressure, for sure. Um, through social media, through maybe family members, through friends, you can feel the pressure sometimes when it comes to your choices yeah. in and definitely feeding is one of those. There isn't a one size fits all when it comes to pregnancy, childbirth, feeding, parenthood. We're all different. We're all unique. Mm-hmm. And we, it's not up to any of us to judge each other. No. And we need to be there to is, support each other. We know that like breastfeeding, you know, breast milk is tailor made for your baby. We know it has, it's amazing for the their little immune systems. It provides antibodies. You know, it helps decrease mum's um, risk of getting ovarian cancer, breast cancer. So there's so many positives to it. And that's why it is shown we should try this. But not everyone has that view or wants to try it or goes in like that to the hospital and goes, I'm going to breastfeed. And then all of a sudden, when you give birth, go, oh, actually, it's not really for me. Can I have formula, please? And the judgments come like I found myself personally, I can't be fed all my four children. Mm. So I breastfed with some and then I pumped. Then I just pumped and formula fed. I literally did every kind of feeding you could with all four children. There's one child that, that didn't get any breast milk and and that was to do with me feeling overwhelmed yeah. I had a small toddler tiny little baby how can I do this how can I sit in a chair and feed so like well, that well you had your four kids in five years come well, on well that's true that's like, true as my, my per body I, ke- I kept leaving you voice messages going you're a legend you're amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's bloody true it's true but, but like we all know the benefits of it it's just we just have the to the reality get, of it the though. reality is not always yeah. what we expect huh. and pe- people ask me because I, I do these consultations with parents about combi feeding and why isn't there information out there about combi feeding and the thing about combi feeding is that it's down really tailored to the mother what she wants to do you know every time you use a formula it means that your supply of breast milk is going to go down they have to understand this so if you want to feed for six months like breastfeeding um, and do a combi you have to keep that in mind it may go a lot quicker than what you expect if you kind of say hey listen we'll play it by ear that's perfect too but once again you might only get a couple of weeks of it so really you have to be open-minded about this when you go into feeding not put pressure on yourself yeah. and you know 
whatever happens happens that's very much my outlook when it comes to to feeding like that be strong and this is the thing have your options know what your options are feel confident about what you want to do even if you still don't know what it is yet even until you get into that labor room and say I still don't know what I'm doing you know but if you decide right there and then to latch baby on go for it if you decide right there and then do you know what I'm just gonna go with formula now and see how I feel that's fine too you know yeah and I think back to what you said at the beginning which is so important you know, to not be, not to judge yourself or others and um, just to let go of expectation and and go with the flow. And if you decide on, on doing it exclusively and it works great, if you decide on, on combining it with bottle or deciding to just go to the bottle, it's okay as long mm-hmm. as your baby is fed yes. and loved and minded. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I can feel it. I can almost feel, do you know, <laughs> Are we are we pressing buttons left, right and centre here talking about it? But I think it's important to talk about it. And that's all right. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and and look, it's not a one size fits all. So we've touched on the breastfeeding and the bottle feeding and the sleeping and <laughs> and the physical and the mental and emotional. Um, other tips for new mothers in this time for them well there's one thing actually we, we could talk about the placenta encapsulation oh yeah you, great you've, you've gone through that yourself yes I did that yeah and that has huge benefits for to with your hormones first of all after you have a baby it really rebalances um, the hormones in your body it's supposed to help with postpartum bleeding to actually cut it down from like as we said it could be four to eight weeks it says it cuts it down to like five to ten days with some women you know it can really help I think that must have been me yeah that sounds familiar because I, I had a, I had a shorter time with it yeah which sounds amazing to be honest I, I would go for that option please <laughs> um, and then as well as that it obviously the iron levels drop when you have a baby you lose a lot of blood and this is to replenish that too and you get more energy I only really found out more about this after having my fourth child. I'm raging. I didn't do this, to be honest. If I had a choice, I would be going down that route. Um, Anything to help your body, if it helps your hormones, helps you physically, you know, helps. It actually encourages your milk supply as well. So if you're thinking of breastfeeding, you know, it can actually help that too. Yeah. And maybe that's the reason why I seem to have, um, you know, a, a fair bit of milk afterwards, because I... Look, I did it, but I have nothing to compare it to. Yes. You know, I've only had the one, mm. you know, so far, the the one baby. Um, but I'm glad I did it. And I did my research. And mm. I think for anyone listening, it sounds a bit mental. Yes, what? it does. My what? husband thinks it's a bit mental too. Yeah, and most people do when they don't realise. But when you look at the science and the whys. Yes. And there would be people in the medical profession that would be quite cynical about it. Um, I, I was met with lots of different reaction to the idea. But I also had a fabulous midwife and a consultant who respected my wishes. And I went with the company. They're actually based in Cork. But they were brilliant because they have a lab. It's all very sterile. You know, it's your, you know, because it, it's a bit, it's a bit of an odd it is concept mm-hmm. you're placing part of what was in your body in a box in a nice cold box and it's been brought off to a lab to be you know steamed and dried and then put into capsules and then you physically take back it in yeah but I will say I my energy levels seem to be quite good and I, I again I have nothing to compare it to you mm-hmm. know people could say that could be placebo but I don't know I would it, would it entice me to do it again? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a good option for people. Mm. And I've had a lot of questions as well from friends of mine 
who have been a bit like, oh, what, you did that? What was that like? And I, I could only think of positives, like in terms of lose, even losing your hair. Like I didn't mm. lose that much hair. I have thick hair naturally anyway, but I didn't lose a lot. Mm. And I'm wondering, is that why? Well, listen, it's probably all these things, you know, all those things help. Like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't turn my nose down to it, to be honest, after after having a baby and also just having more children and feeling the energy completely deplete. Like to have to yeah. say here, this possibly could help you have a bit more energy yeah. or, you know, just to make yourself feel better and maybe not take the iron tablets that I had to take for six weeks after I had my babies because I, I'm iron deficient anyway. But so yeah, yeah. like that could have helped, you know. Yeah. So exactly. Think about. So it's another yet another option. Let's talk baby. Let's talk about the baby. Okay, that great. what we have to we have to look after as well, I suppose. So we, the most important thing is that we're looking after both mum and baby. That's mm. postpartum. Um, it's we've gone through a lot, um, but also we have to take care of this tiny little baby that's just come out into the new world. And I love um, I always think of a brand new baby. Dr. Harvey Karp. So this is an American. Um, he writes The Healthiest Baby on the Block. So it's a very American book, um, but it's out for years. And he describes a newborn and trying to imagine them coming out. And you want to simulate what they felt in the womb. So you want to try and copy what they're they're feeling. So think he has the five S's it's called. OK, so the first S will go with it's no order, but swaddling. So think of your baby when you're in your third trimester and there's no room. You feel every wiggle, every movement. That's how baby feels. Right. So they're, they're feeling quite tight. When a baby comes out, you see that um, startle reflex, right? Baby's arms jump yeah. out and like they could be passed out of sleep and all of a sudden the arms go boom and they wake up screaming because it's just, you know, they've woken themselves up. Mm. So swaddling shows you, it mimics what wrapping up baby nice and tight and it makes them feel secure. It feels like they're back in the womb again which I love. Um, and I loved swaddling as well. I, but it, funnily enough, I had heard that people were saying, oh, sometimes it's recommended. Sometimes it's here not. Here we go again. But, that's normal. Personal choice. That's absolutely personal choice. Us. But also when it comes to swaddling, there's so many different ways to swaddle. So the first thing that they normally say is, oh, it's to do with their hips and it could lead to, to dislocated hips or clicky hips. That's not the case. So the swaddle that I do is around the arms, the upper arms. Yeah, that's that was what we the, did as well. Yeah. Exactly. That's where the, the, the movement happens. Mm. Um, and then otherwise, it's quite loose around the legs so it wouldn't affect the hips whatsoever yeah. um, Harry hated his legs being swaddled he loved his legs even from a newborn mm. to kick his little legs around so I actually did what looks like if you could imagine a massive nappy like arms co- closed in and then like kind of swaddled up on the legs yeah. so his legs are free I have swaddled babies with their arms out because they like to stretch them out or okay. have their hands next to their face so there are so many different ways to swaddle but it's just to do with the feeling of security and the kind of the comfort that babies get from that yeah. from being in the womb next is skin to skin so this is all about mum's hormones baby's hormones and releasing that oxytocin so having baby on your skin it's nothing like it like no. I just I wish I was pregnant again just to have that feeling the smell of baby's skin they they actually regulate their heartbeat off yours they're so used to it yeah. they're, they're so used to your feeling your smell everything about you um, so that's the second And it's good guess. for partners as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in the hospital, they actually recommend partners yeah, to... Which is lovely. ...to get their top off and have a little bit... I've seen um, siblings do it too, which oh, is really sweet. Really? Yeah, so lovely. you don't have to make sure Cole gets oh, a little Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, my goodness, really. Oh, that's... <laughs> 
Not gorgeous to think about. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have sound. So sound is the third S. And imagine sound to be like what baby hears in uterus. So all the whooshing noises of the fluid, the the blood going around. Um, this is kind of like white noise. And there's a lot of talk about white noise too, white mm. noise machines. Um, so this can be used as well uh, for your newborn baby to try and calm them down. Yeah, we had a toy. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a sheep. Oh, you and the sheep. Was you it and you the and? sheep. Yes. Well done. That's it. And I know them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you kind of, you just pinch their uh, paws, hooves, whatever. And uh, it would play different sounds. Mm-hmm. One is kind of like, you know, I don't know, womb-like. And then another is the white noise. Yeah. Um, but really effective. Yeah. And like that, you can use that for part of your sleep training if you want to, as the as baby gets older. Um, swaying. So, you know... As you're walking around, you're constantly moving that baby. That baby is loving the movement. And you might find that if your baby has a touch of reflux or any kind of colic, actually movement helps. They just seem to calm down straight away when they're up in arms. They feel secure to be with mum and the swaying is happening. So it's all trying to to kind of mimic what happens in the uterus. One Um, of the best things we did was um, invest in a baby carrier. Oh my God, yes. Hands-free yeah. as well. Hands-free. And you know what, Sheila, with your next one coming and you have call, absolutely go hands-free. Yeah. It's just the best. I have a picture of me coming out of Tesco with my, my two little girls and my one-week-old. And I have my two little hands with oh, my baby girls. It's just yeah. the sweetest picture, you know, so... Go hands-free when you can. Carrier is definitely Isn't it? Um, the way to go for sure. Yeah, We found that once we did that, we barely used the crib part of the buggy. Yes. Uh, you know, because they just... And they're the expensive part. And you don't totally. actually use We barely used it. Yeah. And and he was so happy. He'd sleep and he'd cuddle into you. And as you said, you can even wash the dishes. You can make a oh, cup of tea. It's brilliant. It gives they, you freedom. And then we have our last S, which would be sucking. So um, sucking would get comfort from like, imagine if baby's breastfeeding yeah. or um, on a soother, they say it's great. Soothers are great for SIDS to, to yeah, reduce yeah, yeah. SIDS as well. Um, sudden infant death syndrome. So like we have to try and think about what baby needs, not what necessarily what we want baby to sleep through would be great. But we have to kind of adapt them back into their this new world, you know, coming out of and their Absolutely. Coming out of their lovely little cushioned, warm little home into the into this new world. And it must be, even though we don't obviously have memories of it, it must be a pretty uh, full on traumatic traumatic, for a baby. Um, And 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 as you said, you know, and you touched on it there. And I remember like how many times checking Carl, is he breathing? Mm -hmm. You know, when he's in a deep sleep and you're kind of just making sure. Um, Maybe something to mention as well at this point would be the intrusive thoughts Yes. That sometimes can happen. Um, I would be a fairly laid back person most of the time, but I found that you start to worry in a way that maybe you didn't before mm-hmm. when you become a mother or father. Oh, yeah. um, because this is the most precious little person in the whole world to you. And your job is to keep them alive and not just keep them alive, but love them and mind them and and allow them to, to grow and thrive. But really, it's the keeping them alive bit yes. is the most important in those early, early weeks and months. <laughs> really for and the rest of their life. Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the gig, isn't it? OK. <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole checking on and breathing. And there would be times when for a split second, and I know this can be quite triggering because everybody has had different experiences and all the rest, but... You know, you do have to um, monitor your own worries um, mm-hmm. and 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 try and, and and mind yourself. But it is it is important, yes, to keep an eye and check 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why those kind of tips are really vital, I suppose, for people to realise that there are benefits to things like a soother. Yeah. So some people would have thought, oh, maybe, you know, there, there was also a school of thought for a while not to use the them. The nipple confusion of, yeah, breastfeeding yeah. and not using. That's there. There is also research out there now that says that's nothing at all. Like it doesn't, it won't make any difference. So once again it's down to your own choice what you want to use I've always used soothers I had one baby point blank refuse it she didn't want it that was fair enough that was her decision Um, but you know it's completely down to you if you'd like to use it it is recommended um, to help prevent SIDS so I would go down with that route it reminds baby to to keep sucking and to to keep breathing Um, babies do go into quite a deep sleep and they can do and as you said that's a a big worry Um, Personally, myself, I because I work with so many newborns before even having children myself, um, I've worked with babies that that had issues of breathing as well. And, you know, ambulance being called when I was there. So that for myself, that was really hard for me to actually get sleep, watching my baby sleep going, oh, God, are they okay? Mm. And there are things out there that if it makes you feel better, which I found, you know, depending on the monitor you have, I had a little mat, a breathing mat under my the monitor. Yes. And it would signal if she stopped breathing after 30 seconds. And even something so small like that gave me huge peace of mind and you know a couple of months later we turned it off because if when she rolled then it, the mat would go off and you're like oh turn it off you know but while they're small and newborn and if you feel anyway anxious about that they help yeah if they help but with a newborn they do sleep up 16 to 20 hours it's a long time for newborns yeah, to sleep yeah, yeah. um so and i kind of <laughs> i now miss not you know really enjoy, enjoying that period as much uh, you know, as in what I'm trying to say is in the beginning, I when he'd sleep, I would just stare at him sleeping. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, but I think now and obviously it'll be different because I have a four year old, but um, I'm hoping to enjoy the newborn phase a bit oh, more. Yeah. You, uh, more so, I always say, if it's your second, that's the time that you get to spend with Call. There's a, like, as we talked about already, the guilt of feeling, oh, I'm not spending time like, you know, Call, all he knew was me for how many years. Um, and now a new baby's coming in. Actually, a new baby sleeps a lot. You're going to have loads of time to spend with Call talking about his little play school or drawing pictures with him. And you're just going to have a little sleeping baby in the corner, you know, and when okay. it comes to feeding you know you get your child involved with it too and you ask him to oh pass me the muslin cloth or you know it's not a a daunting as we what we make in our heads we always make the big picture to be a bit more scarier but actually you'll fall into a rhythm and it's going to work really well newborns are easier they are they really are yeah it's when they're on the move, Sheila. Yeah, that, of <laughs> that's course. when you have to be worrying. <laughs> Eyes back your head territory, totally. Um, also, maybe in the just kind of going back to those early days, you know, things like going back into the hospital. Well, if you if your baby was born in the hospital, you may spend a few nights there, depending on whether it was um, a natural vaginal birth or a C-section, mm-hmm. however long. But then you have different tests and different things that are done, like the the prick test is that done at five the days the heel prick yeah yeah. heel prick test yes mm-hmm. so things like that that you know just for, for new parents to be aware of that there are kind of certain things that happen and the course of the six week mark is, is another time when you go mm-hmm. you go for your checks to make sure that you and baby are doing well mm-hmm. um, and I think sometimes we're not aware of those yeah 
you know yeah and, and well I'm finding at the moment because I talk to a lot of new mums that's part of my job um and maybe the the care I got you now every single county is different all across the board is different at the moment but the public health nurse normally comes to your house or you get visits from that and I'm finding at the moment when I'm talking to parents it's there's big big gaps so we normally have the public health nurse come um during the first week and they make sure that if you're breastfeeding that baby's putting on the weight um the gp check is normally just to do with baby and then the six-week check as well um so you're kind of coming and going a lot with the gp the first couple of weeks are kind of intense when it comes to trying to figure out when the public health nurse is coming or you're going there mm. fitting in your gp checks as well and then it feels like all of a sudden then you're into vaccinations if you want to go down that road you know so it, it is kind of full on with the appointments um for the first couple of weeks so it's, it's good to kind of point that out that you're not just sitting at home and just everything is rosy you've you've things to do <laughs> with a small baby yeah now that you've mentioned the vaccinations um for those who uh, as you said it is choice I mean it's a choice that we made to vaccinate Cahill but I have to say I found it uh, really challenging as in the idea that a bloody needle is going into your precious little baby you just want to take a thousand needles instead of them getting Mm. it but it does only last Oh, seconds, seconds, seconds. And normally the first one is at two months and that's where you kind of, that's where the small baby going, oh no, I don't want to. And literally probably asleep and they might make a little or, or, you know, that's what I got with my kids and they went back asleep again. Um, This is where feeding is actually. Feeding is fantastic. Yeah. Great distraction through it. And massaging their leg. I, I, I read this and I don't know if it's true, but kind of. It's, it's something to do with blood flow and so if you kind of warm the area, warm the area mm. and, and just really rub it nice and get it nice and heated up and uh, it's less That's what they say for the heel prick as well so before ah, they yes, do the right. heel prick that's right. you rub the, the area too and you yeah. get it nice and prepared for what's about to come but yeah. like that it only lasts a second and my doctors I have to say now hands up to hands hats off to them hats off to them they are fantastic when it comes to um, how they do it because they go if it's two injections they, two people come either side and they get it done in one go so there's not like one then stop then cry then it's just done and you just pick baby up and give as much comfort as you can to stop the, the tears but normally small babies are quite good when it comes to uh, the, those type of injections yeah so I suppose really for, for those listening it can be a lot to kind of absorb in one sitting but when you become a new parent, you just mm-hmm. have to take it day by day mm-hmm. and a go lot. with the flow. Yes. And that's the thing. If we put pressure on ourselves, you know, it's not doing any it's not doing any good. We need to make sure that we're going with the flow. Every single day is different. That's an important thing. You might have a fantastic first day, second day, and then all of a sudden it's down and you don't want to leave the house. But then the next day you're fine. So yeah. it will go like that. A bit of a roller coaster. Um, and even, drop comparison. Yes. Yeah. And like even when you leave the house for the first time, it can be a bit daunting. I found that to be, oh, you yeah. know, packing a changing bag going, oh, my God, what, oh, why do I need so much stuff for, you know, a half an hour walk? You just you do. But what I'd say is preparation is key for sure. I always say to have it prepared the night before. So you're not running around trying to go, oh, do how many nappies do I need? How many grow bags or, or grow Uh, onesies or anything like that changes the clothes if you're going for a half an hour you know car journey make sure you have anything if feeding equipment or if you're you know if you're breastfeeding that you have your nipple shields with you be prepared the night before and it takes all the pressure off of the next day and just lets you get out the door with baby 
and the younger the baby, the more stuff you need, yes. the older they get, the it's more so things much start easier. to drop away. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, you're back to, to small baby again. Do you know what? I, I feel like I have um, amnesia. <laughs> I've forgotten. Everyone does. You are you are re- reminding me of, of it all because I had forgotten yeah. actually how much stuff. You know the way, because now he's at an age where he's four and he, we can just go. We don't need anything. Don't yeah. need anything at all. Yeah. Off you go. But yeah, when you go back to the to the buggy and the car seat yeah. and all and the of the wrap. The wrap is the with your friend. Your wrap oh, is yeah. your best friend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any top tips on, on, on the stuff that are, is worth investing in or getting? Um, obviously, you know, there's certain things that you need kind of straight away. Mm-hmm. The car seat is, is an essential. Oh, for sure. You won't be able to leave the, leave hospital. the hospital without yeah. it. Um, and, and you do need to do a little bit of homework and get to grips with how it works and, mm-hmm. and get it fitted properly and all yes. of that. It's really, really important. Um, but there are there any kind of products that for you that you felt like, oh God, I wouldn't have been without that now. It's just worked. I, I find really practical things like muslin cloths, large muslin cloths. Yes. They are my go-to. I still use them. And my, my youngest is too. Yeah. Um, they are fantastic. They, you know, they could be a cover for if you're feeding. They could be a cover for when you're burping. It could be if you're changing a baby be in so say like a, a shopping center or something like that you put it down on the change mat so your baby's not touching anything Absolutely. that's not yours it just it's it's amazing and when you have an older child it's like if you're going for a lar- long car journey in case they might feel sick you have something to clean like it's just one of those things yeah yeah stick, yes probably i'll still have it when they're 18 yeah. you know just just in case <laughs> um so definitely muslin cloths would be one of my my favorite things to use i would say a breastfeeding pillow or that kind of c-shaped pillow Oh yeah, I find those super handy. So, say if you had a section, um, they tell you not to lift babies, so not to be bending down and lifting baby up. So, if you're in your bed and you know you have to feed baby, you have a little C um, pillow that baby can be right there. So, when you burp them, you can put them down on that. So you're not standing up, put, placing baby down. You know, not doing any harm to your own back as well. Um, I find babies tend to sit quite happily in them because it's raised. So if they need to to be burped and you don't have the arms, you can't actually lift them up. Or if you have twins, especially if you have twins, mm. um, that you have something there to, to help you through that. I always find my multiple mums are like, how can I lift and burp and feed at the same time? And normally it's through one of those sea pillows. Okay. Help you out big time yeah. for that as well. Brilliant. That's something now to invest in. I didn't have that the first time mm. around, so... Perhaps that's something to look at. Um, but you could really spend a huge amount of money on oh, all the, the stuff. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot there. of stuff you don't necessarily need to. No. But there's a lot of stuff out there to, to, to get. I do also have hospital lists, by the way, on my on my thing, my baby essentials as well yes. up on my page, which is important to, to go through and not bring too much into the hospital. But the essentials, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're really good. And you were on Ireland AM not so long ago as well, going through you know, your uh, labour bag and then your when mm-hmm. a baby is here bag. Yes. Which is really, really important because it can be, and it certainly was for me, quite daunting to know what to bring. I certainly brought stuff that I needed mm-hmm. and then other stuff that never saw never, the light. Yes. And also, yeah. I suppose when I was labour, I don't think my labour bag got opened once just simply because the way my labour went, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't really time for the bits and bobs that I had popped in there, you know. Mm-hmm. 
but it's good to have them yes. as an option in case. Yes, I find it's it's more so like it just makes you feel comfortable knowing that it's there, even if you don't use it. It's like I remember preparing my first compared to my fourth. My first hospital bag was it was things like oh well, enjoy this smelly you know scent. I'm gonna bring that with me and this nice cream. It was all just about like making me feel yeah. nice and comfortable. Yeah. My fourth, it was like just fling whatever I need in there. A couple of muslin cloths were grand to go. You know, so you do change and adapt when you know what's to come. Yeah. Um, but it is nice to feel like a part of home is with you and you labored from home as well didn't you I didn't realize I was as far along as I was when we got Isn't to the hospital dream? Isn't well, I mean the dream? I, I was in uh, yeah I suppose it is yeah. yeah I mean I think I think they didn't quite believe when I arrived at the hospital that I was in, they got me at a right time where I was in between contractions and I ended up being quite silent because that was my process mm. kind of you know go into yourself go into myself yeah. so when when my partner said I, I, you know, my partner is in labour. They were like, "Is she now really?" <laughs> Pop up there, and we'll see. And I, I was, I was quite far along, and they said, "Okay, get her down to the, get her down to the suite." You know, but um, I was, I was fortunate. It seemed to, 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 to happen pretty. Well, mine's pretty the quick. opposite. That's, yeah, that's why that you're. They said that to your partner because people like me come in going, "Oh, I'm, I'm just about to pop out the baby," and they look and go, "Yeah, you're not even a half a centimeter." So, yeah. so a couple, you know, twenty something hours later, then my baby came. So like that, it's completely different for so everyone. So different for everyone. Yeah. And no way of knowing no that's the thing yeah I suppose baby decides they baby decide decides, yeah um, their prerogative I suppose th- this has been so informative I think you've covered so much is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up um, I think mainly just make sure there's no pressure on yourselves when it comes to new babies the first thing I get asked is, uh, what routine we need to get baby into routine to sleep to don't be putting pressure on yourselves. The first three months is literally you just do anything you can to to feel good in yourself, to survive it. That's what it is. Yeah. It's lack of sleep. It's exhaustion. But you get through it. Just no pressure. And if you manage to brush your teeth in a day. Oh, my God, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. If you <laughs> brush your hair in a week, it's like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's good going. Huge. Gym. <laughs> I've never known the magic of dry shampoo like oh. I knew. <laughs> became a new mother it's the best invention ever but what I would say is even though we're talking about not brushing your hair hot showers are your best friend oh, they are for the first couple of weeks like I mean if you need it twice a day you go for it because it takes every sting it makes you feel so refreshed even yeah. if you had the worst night's sleep a hot shower all of a sudden it's like magic and you can start the day again Yes. Now, for some women that do struggle afterwards, depending on on stitches or, or different situations, I've heard that there is a type of a kind of a, a kind of a bath that kind of sits in the toilet. Is that right? It's, that you can kind yeah, of there sits. Is that what it's called? Sits, that's it. That the, you literally sit bath. down yeah. on, and it kind of soothes that that area. That area. It's, ve- it's very similar to actually the 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 jug what okay, we do yeah. so it's about the warm water and kind of helping that area it's too. Soothing. There's also little different soaks you can get um, that have you know the the Epsom salts and that that's supposed to help heal as well. Yeah. So you can do either, either, whatever you think works for you. If you think a hot chair just to help relieve, definitely with stitches, it takes the sting out and the pain away. Mm. Happy days. If you want to sit and chill out in a bath while partner takes care of baby, you do that too, you know, so you find what works for you. And also sitting on on, uh, on a on a special cushion with something else that I know it's a friend like a of mine. a rubber ring, pretty that's much. That's right. Yes. That's what she had because yeah. she had... I think she she was very uncomfortable put yeah. that way, um, and she found that gave her a lot of relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- so there's lots of different bits and bobs that you can invest in. But I suppose, look, 
for things like that, you don't need to get them until you have actually given birth and then yeah. you can decide whether you need things or not. What, yeah. And then like, don't be putting pressure on yourself about baby either. Baby is just happy to be feeding and sleeping. And I get the question about tummy time, like how much should I be doing it? I'm not doing enough. Listen, it's a small baby, even chest time, I call it. So lying down on the sofa, make sure obviously you're safe and baby safe. But putting baby on your chest that way when they're awake is the most important thing. Not when they're asleep so much, when they're awake and that strengthens their neck. It strengthens their back, the the muscles that they need to do tummy time. That is what tummy time is. So no pressure, like little and often, you know, do it when you can. And yeah, as long as baby is happy and you're happy as well. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And all babies develop at their own rate. Absolutely. Um, unless there is anything that is a warning sign, you know, stop comparing mm-hmm. to what you see online or to your pals or whatever, mm. you know, Which your baby. Which can be very hard. Very it, hard. That can be tough when you have friends that have a baby similar age. Why is your baby doing this and mine not baby? Do- mine's not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also hard, I think, when 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 they come around the, the public health nurse or whatever with the, the, the graphs and the charts, the charts. and mm, the what charts. centile is the baby on mm-hmm. and whatever. And it's hard not to feel if if um, if they're under the average or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not is there something going on here? And I've heard that, you know, um, like we were the other extreme where our little boy seemed to be in the higher upper end. But then you don't know, like, is that a good thing? I don't I know. know. I, know. I don't know. I, we always got that as well because my babies were all over 10 pounds. Yeah, they they fed and they're quite tall. I'm quite tall as well. Um, but like that, they were, oh, they're in the, oh, they're in the 98. I'm like, why is that? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? You know, it does make you question. And this is the thing. Any yeah. th- a small thing like that can actually trigger you going, oh my God, what's wrong with my baby? And that's where it starts kicking off again. So it is, it's, listen, as long as your baby is happy, healthy and flying out and you see nothing wrong with them. If you do, you go to someone. That's the most important thing. Always reach out for help if you think you need it for yourself yeah. or baby. But otherwise, you know, stick to your lane. I always say just stick to your lane. Yes, and just so trust there. yourself. Trust yourself. And and don't be afraid to speak up if you need to, because my my experience was a very positive one. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, like wonderful midwives, all so encouraging, wonderful. But there was one that rubbed me up the wrong way who came mm-hmm. into the room and uh, because I'm not a, I'm not what I was in my 20s, say if I was in my 20s, I probably would have said nothing. But I remember saying, I don't think that's appropriate. I had to I had to I had to verbalize my discomfort mm-hmm. with how she was speaking to me. Yeah. And I didn't see her again. And I was delighted I didn't yeah. see her again. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. But that's because I've learned to kind of, you know, stand up for myself and mm-hmm. go, OK, that's she. I just thought personally she was speaking to a new mother in a in a in a very uh, aggressive way if I'm yeah. perfectly honest and it certainly didn't help me and I just said I'm not, not happy with this mm. and, and and I was polite I was polite but I still was able to stand my ground that's what happens because when you're in a new position so say you've never had a baby before it's your first pregnancy and you're in the hospital you take whatever the midwives and doctors say is gold like you're like Absolutely. you know they're just whatever they say you say okay sure so when you are met up against someone that has a different opinion to you or they're making you feel bad about what you have decided it's important that you do stand your ground and say, no, hold on. You know, I know what's best for me. It's my decision. It's my family at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, when I walk out of here, it's it's my family that I'm dealing with. And if I decide to feel my, feed my baby this way, 
it works. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And to be fair, like the majority of them are absolute angels. They are. That's the thing. <laughs> it's a, there's always one bad egg, but that's it. That's, yeah. The rest of them are lovely. So they lovely. Do anything for you. So yeah. lovely. Um, last thing I'll say before we wrap it up is I, we remember coming out of the hospital and ringing the coom in a panic going, you know, what is what is wrong with Kyle? He's still kind of crying. And, you know, we were asked, like, how much did he feed? And we were kind of giving the certain amount of time of mm. breastfeeding, you know, uh, you know, on the breast, thinking that was enough. He said, he's probably just hungry. Just put him <laughs> back on. <laughs> it's the simple stuff. It is. You just got to sometimes let go of the, the template that you're given mm-hmm. or the time frame and just tune into your baby and tune into yourselves and uh, and trust that you're doing a bloody good job yep. and you are enough. Mm-hmm. It's important to to say that. And all that, all that matters, your baby just sees you as the most important thing in the world. You know, so just yeah. remember that no one can be that baby's mother except you. So yeah. that's an amazing role to have. On that note, we'll let, let you go. Um, this has been really informative and hugely practical. And I, for one, I'm extremely grateful to you for being here today. Thanks a million. Thank you for having me. And that brings my pregnancy mini-series to an end. If you found these episodes helpful, I would be so grateful if you could share it with the pal on social media or you can also show your support by leaving a rating or a little comment on Apple or by clicking follow on Spotify. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.